You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday, June 11th podcast. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And we are doing audio only. How nice is this? It's yeah. Kind of a, it's kind of going back to the old days a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Makes, makes me reminisce of uh, of me and you sitting you know, on the couch or sitting on uh, a couple of fold-out chairs with a cell phone in between us. And those were the days. It's a little those, more high-tech now. but Those were the days, yes, sir. <laughs> We uh we have got some sports to discuss. Good gracious, the uh, Friday show will be you know ever changing, but it's more or less a look ahead to the weekend, and you know kind of going over the news that's happened over the last couple of days. Something to get you ready for you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday of what's coming up. We got a big UFC fight happening this weekend, or a, a big card. How's that? Because we got like four pretty big fights on this thing that we're going to talk about, but. Uh, we are going to discuss college football. We're going to discuss NFL right now. Let's go ahead and, uh, and well, first off, winningcureseverything.com is the website. If you're not already subscribed, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure and tell a friend. Tell somebody about the show. Spread the news. Spread the love. All that good stuff. Um, that is the best way to do it. And, of course, our college football show comes out every Wednesday over on sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. That is your one-stop shop for all of your college football uh, gambling content, gambling analysis, news, etc. Uh, we do a show weekly over there. You can find it on YouTube. Search out SBR Picks on YouTube, or it's just right there on the website. So go ahead and knock that out. But uh, but yeah, we are going to start off with, of course, the biggest news that came out on Thursday, and that is kind of what we talked about a little bit on the Tuesday Live show. College football playoff, uh, they are recommending now. It has gone through the proper channels. And they are recommending for the presidents, school presidents, and athletic directors, etc., that they want to move to 12. And it will likely pop up by 2023. So it's not going to happen for 2021, not going to happen for 2022. But 2023, they're going to move to 12. First off, Chris, we've already talked about this multiple times, but go ahead and get your reaction 
on here for uh for for what this means yeah i mean i'm okay with i like it i'm glad they're doing it i was surprised that they went to what to 12 directly um but when I think the the news leaked out not too long ago, uh, you know, I can nitpick all of the details. I just trust the people that run this sport to screw it up. That's that's all. Oh, I mean, it's, it's that simple. But I like that they're expanding it. So even them screwing this up is still better than what we've got now. Yes, I, I tend to agree. This is... You know, Andy Staples, of course, brought up there's there's things that you can nitpick, right? Exactly what you just said. But Andy Staples uh, asked during the press conference, which, by the way, was sent out to everybody. So I'm a member of the FWAA, the Football Writers Association of America. I got the email 30 minutes before they did their press conference. So I think that they did that specifically so that they did not have to answer a bunch of questions, but they made themselves Probably. available. All four members that were brought in, uh, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, uh, let's see, Jack Schwarbrick, the Notre Dame athletic director, and Craig Thompson, who is the Mountain West commissioner. Uh, Andy Staples asked if they were being too ignorant of the people who might have to travel three times to see their team play for a national title because the way it's set up, it would be the home teams, or the, the teams that are seated five through eight would host teams that are seated nine through 12, in the first round, right? So you get a bye if you're a top four seed. But if you get a bye, that means that you don't get to host a playoff game on campus. So only the five through eight get to host. So really, for the Alabamas, Clemsons, Ohio States, whoever the the top four was this past year, Notre Dame, et cetera, um, they are making it where you have to go to basically three bowl games. Like, it, it's really strange. And Bob Bowlesby responded to Andy Staples, uh, who asked, like, aren't they being a little ignorant of this? Bowlesby said, anyone who doesn't want to go can watch it on TV. Which is just the most, like, egotistical, kind of smart-ass response that you could possibly give. Yeah, he's just a prick. Okay? Yes. I mean, just to say it like that, you're, you're just being an asshole. Now, I did post on Twitter... Um, the neutral site games, the New Year's Six Bowl games, all that kind of stuff, over the past decade and a half, they have always been big sellers for corporations. The bowl games and whatnot are more worried about selling, you know, corporate tickets for uh, for salespeople at, like, Coca-Cola and FedEx and whatever else than the actual season ticket holders. Uh, and it's been heading that way forever. It's not right, but that is what they look at. They're looking at money. They're looking at eyeballs on television. How much will the TV products give us? And they still want to take care of these bowls for however long. Like, it, the bowl games are still tied into this thing until 2025. So they're still going to have to appease them a little bit. But it, that that response really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's just being a dick. Yes. Uh, another interesting part of this for what they recommended the first round games uh, would take place on campus. It would be two weeks after the conference championship games. So the conference championship games basically going to be play-ins. But the side of this that has been interesting is it's not going to be the five Power Five conferences are automatic qualifiers, along yeah. with one G5. It is the top six ranked conference champions, and it doesn't matter what conference they are. Now, we have seen them screw with the rankings in the past. And they're going to continue to do so. We're going to talk about more of this on, on the SBR show uh, as we get into next week and whatnot. But the the conference championship games have now become even more um, 
at most of them are going to be play-in games. Like, they are more uh, expensive. They are more desired at this point because you got another round of playoffs. You know? right. So I did, I did like that, that they didn't just say, uh, it's the five P5s. Because Oregon last year would have been in as the number 20 team in the country. But not according to these rules. Like, if it was all the P5s that were AQs, then, you know, Oregon would have been in. But the way that it's set up, according to their recommendations, uh, Coastal Carolina would have been in, and Cincinnati would have been in. So those would have been the top six. Now, I don't think they would have had buys, but they would have hosted playoff games, you know? (laughs) like That's that's kind of a big deal. Uh, The other part of this is the top four seeds are going to be the top four ranked conference champions, which kind of means that Notre Dame will never be able to get a bye. The now, bye. I'm, uh, that, and, that's, and that's some bullshit. Well, okay, so so here's, here's my thought process here. My initial reaction was, oh, that is ridiculous. There's no way they agreed to that, da-da-da-da-da, except for the fact that Notre Dame does not have to play a conference championship game. Yeah, but they always play uh don't okay. they always play thirteen games? Nope, they only play twelve games. Okay. So I thought they, the Navy game was always an extra game for them. Nope. They uh they have one less game than all of the other teams. So I think that I think that's what they ended up agreeing on. It's like, hey, Notre Dame, y- y'all have to play one less game. Like Man, that bothers sure. me though because the the SEC, all these conferences are all gonna have pay for wins in there. And Notre Dame's just not. They're not going to have a Kent State on their schedule. They never do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are correct. Like, they're going to play a harder schedule than every team that plays a championship game. Rarely on occasion will a team, you know, one or two teams have a more difficult schedule than Notre Dame, and rarely does that team win their conference. Yeah. No, you're you're right about like that. Like the year the year LSU had in 2019, that's the hardest schedule anybody's ever had in the history of college football. Uh, a couple of years ago, Auburn had that schedule that was just unbelievably brutal and unbelievable. But they didn't make it to the conference championship game because they had a difficult schedule. But like there there aren't a lot of teams that are going to play a more difficult schedule than Notre Dame, and the fact that they're going to be penalized because of that, I just think crap. I mean, and you might be right. I mean, obviously, this is still just a recommendation. There's a lot that uh, that still has to be done. Um, other interesting parts here, quarterfinals would be played on January 1st or January 2nd um, when New Year's Day falls on a Sunday and an adjacent day. So, blah, blah, blah. The typical stuff, right? Uh, the other side, semifinals and uh, championship game dates are to be determined. Semifinals likely will not be played as a doubleheader. I found that odd. Uh, and then, of course, the bracket will remain in effect throughout the playoff. There will be no reseeding. So one is going to play the winner of eight versus nine. Uh, two will play the winner of uh, seven versus ten, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's it, the, the whole way down. So five versus 12 would end up playing the winner or uh, number four. Like the winner of five, 12 would play four. So four could theoretically be playing the number 12 team while the number one seed is playing the number eight seed. Like it's it's a little strange, but... I get it. This is how tournaments are done, right? It's no sure. reseeding. It's not like the NFL. They're trying to, they're trying to say that it's not an NFL model, but it kind of is. You know, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> it, it sounds pretty much like an NFL model. It sounds like an NFL model. So yeah, it's it's very interesting. You know, there's a lot of things that we we can talk about pros and cons. We'll probably do that on the SBR show. Uh, you know, I 
I thought I would be more excited about it. I, I just I can always find holes in it, you know. Well, and it's not just that we I expect the holes. Um, I think the reason we're not excited about this is because we just talked about it a couple of days ago. They didn't leak it out for any reason, you know. They leaked yeah. it out because they were trying to test the waters on how how they think people are going to, uh, you know, perceive this. I think it was perceived in a positive light, and so they just went ahead and went forward with it. Uh, therein lies the difference of it's anticlimactic because we already talked about it and we already kind of guesstimated on how they were going to do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a lot of it. That, that's the reason if we never spoke about it and you know, we got the leak or whatever, but we just, you know, assumed they're all liars and didn't take anything. When it finally came out, I think we would be excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. You might be right about that. Uh, I will say this. Adam Kramer had the perfect tweet for this. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at kegs and eggs. He said, my immediate conclusion on proposed new CFB playoff format is, I really like this sport, and I will watch. Thanks. Like, that's it. Well, however they set this up, we're going to watch it one way or the other. Like, it's, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, and I don't think he's wrong by that. I mean, I think that's, I think that's dead on, by the way. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, he's 100% right. So, uh, however they set it up, uh, we're going to be stoked about it. I'm glad that they are giving uh, more teams an opportunity to get in this thing. Like, I, I think that that's yep. the biggest thing. Because I've, I've been torn, man. I've gone back and forth about this. And, you know, I was a, a four and no more guy forever. Like, I thought it was ridiculous. And, and then I jumped all the way out to 16. I just think that the way that the sport has shifted as far as, uh, as, far as the, the way that society has gone. It's, a, it's been a whole societal shift, the way that this sport has changed since before the BCS all the way through now. Um, I brought up, uh, so on Sunday's or Monday's uh, podcast, I've got Ivan Mazel coming on with us. And, um, you know, he and I have talked back and forth a little bit about this. And I brought up to him that when Roy Kramer did the SEC championship game back in 1992, that that kind of diminished the regular season a little bit. Because no longer was it the regular season because you had a 9-3 and three Florida team they played against, uh, it, or no, an eight and three Florida team that played against an eleven and zero Alabama team, and if Florida had won that game, they would be crowned SEC champions even with three losses in the conference. Like we've kind of taken away from the regular season for quite a while, and then we've all gotten used to conference championship games. So I think eventually, over time, I don't think it's going to take away from the regular season. I think it's going to make more people interested later in the year. Oh, 100%. Now, this is, anybody who thinks this is going to take away from the regular season is a fool because all they've done is push this playoff champion, playoff champion, playoff champion, and basically, you know, by week four or five, you know the four teams that are probably going to be in there. At best-case scenario, by week five, you're down to like six teams in the country that actually matter. Yeah. and nobody else matters this way you've got a lot of teams and that g5 spot are multiple so if we use last year's uh rankings for how it would have came out you would have gotten both cincinnati and coastal carolina getting in this thing yes and it's not because coastal was ranked number 12 it's because no. coastal was one of the top six conference champions that's right like it wouldn't have mattered if they had been ranked 15 or, or even 19 right. because so they were ranked higher than oregon right exactly that's it. Exactly. And that's a big, big deal. So you're going to have this some years with the Pac-12, with the Big 12, even with the ACC every now and then. Uh, the Big 10 has had a 7-5 and five Wisconsin team end up winning the conference championship. Like, we have seen this before. So, 
you know, the the thing is going to be a little wonky at first. It's going to look a little crazy, but I think it's going to be exciting. I think we're going to be pumped about it. Um, I do too. I do too. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Let's, uh, let's move on and let's talk about... Something that maybe we're not super excited to talk about, but I think that we needed to discuss it, and that is the stuff that's going on with Bo Schimbeckler, right? So he died uh, right before the Ohio State-Michigan game back in 2006. That was the big number one versus number two, you know, Jim Trussell versus uh, Lloyd Carr, all that kind of stuff. The headline on the story at ESPN says, former Michigan football players say coach Bo Schimbeckler warned or ignored warnings and son's complaint about doctor's abuse. So they had a, and this has been talked about for several weeks now, uh, team doctor Robert Anderson uh, apparently sexually assaulted or sexually abused like hundreds of athletes, uh, including Simbeckler's adopted son who came out today, Matt, his son, along with uh, Gilvani Johnson and Dan Kwiatkowski. And these are all former Michigan guys, but Matt Schimbeckler, his adopted son, told him in 1969 when he was 10 years old, when he was getting a physical, to go and play youth football. At 10 years old, he told Bo Schimbeckler what was happening. And Schimbeckler told him to toughen up. Like, this is, this could have been stopped forever ago. It's it's very similar to a, a Paterno thing. Now, 69, I think, was Schimbeckler's first year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but if you know that this is going on, if people have been telling you about this over and over and over, what does this do to the legacy of Schimbeckler? What does it do to, to Michigan fans? How, how do you feel about it, Chris? Well, it doesn't do anything. To, I mean, Michigan fans can't do anything. This is a guy – so this sucks, right? Like, it's a guy yes. that those guys kind of propped up as a hero – this is this is why we always got to caution people: be careful of worshiping men. 
Okay. Yes. Because we're all bastards. Well, Harbaugh, all right? And Harbaugh everybody's came out, got flaws. Like Jim Harbaugh just like last week came out and was like, "That's not the Joe or not the Bo Schembechler that I know." Like he wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't do this. He was a stand-up guy. That's not him. Y'all are barking. But that's up the because wrong he knew him, and that's because he was somebody special to him. I mean, my question to you is: is I, I don't know anybody in your life. So, so there's a guy in music in the music business. You're close to. I'm not going to bring his name up because I don't want to make it sound like that. But, but you and I've hung out with him. All right. Yeah. And he mentored you. Right. If you found out he had done these things that. And he's not the bad guy. He's the he's the guy that turned a blind eye to the bad guy. Like, well, I guess, I mean, he is pretty bad for it. But like telling somebody to toughen up or suck up. Like, I don't know how you're supposed to feel when somebody you love. I, I guess there's a world in which you find out they betrayed you. I don't I don't uh, I don't judge the people who defend them because I understand what it's like to worship somebody to love somebody who who meant a lot to you and then you find out they're a bastard you know like that's a that's a hard pill to swallow that's a tough thing to do right it i mean it's the joe paterno situation at penn state all over again because it was somebody that like paterno had been told that this had been going on he hadn't seen it but he had been told about it and he just didn't want to believe it right that's right and i I think that might be the same thing here with schimbeckler like i don't want to believe this like this guy's been working here forever you know da 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 and and you just sweep it under the rug but hang on now and, and the paternal I, think, thing, I think the story with this son i don't think that guy had worked there forever i think that guy had been there for like two years maybe so like i don't, way, I, don't I think i read in the story that guy hadn't been there that long it's not like he had been there with Bo for a decade no no because Bo had just started there yeah Joe Bo had just yeah. gotten there i i don't think this guy's been there long uh, Anderson, let's see, served in a variety of roles at the University of Michigan from 1966 to 2003, working closely with the athletic department for most of that time. More than 800 former patients have made legal claims that Anderson sexually assaulted them during physical exams and other routine medical appointments. Anderson died in 2008, a decade before claims about his abuse were widely publicized. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like Matt Schimbeckler said he was assaulted in 1969 when he was 10, uh, he told his father what happened shortly after his appointment. The coach told his son he didn't want to hear about it. Uh, Schimbeckler then put hands on his wife, Millie, and punched his son in the chest. Um, I mean, and, and we've known about Schimbeckler and, and the kind That's of, right. you know, we, we've understood the kind of guy that he is. We understand. We're not, yeah. you know, so we're not sweeping that under the rug. We're not saying that it's okay. But everybody knew that he was a hard hit. Like, that's the way it goes. This whole situation, though, is... The the way that it's different from Penn State is Paterno was still the coach at Penn State. Schimbeckler has been dead for, what, 15 years now? Long like, time. This is, uh, I don't know what the connection is going to be like. I don't know how Michigan fans are going to react. I don't know, you know, I'm I'm just torn on it because I don't even really know how to feel because it's so far separated from the Michigan that we know right now and the fact that this guy was still uh, working in Michigan until 2003 is pretty nuts. I mean, it's pretty crazy that he was there 66 through 2003 and 800, over 800 former patients have made legal claims against him. Like, that is just an unbelievable number. 
I mean, I, I just, I, I don't even know where to go with it. Have no idea. But it's a big story. It's yeah, big. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, Michigan's going to have to kind of turn their back on Bo. You know, oh, yeah. you, you can you can talk about what happened on the field. You know, that's fine. But but you're going to have to turn your back on him. Like, you can't continue to to have the worst of it, which it sucks. It sucks. I mean, they, they've got Schimbeckler stuff up everywhere. Yeah, at, at that at the facility on campus, I mean they're going to have to get rid of all of it. Like that's I think that's the only thing that you can do. Um, I mean that's that's just crazy. That's crazy. Um, let's see. The quote here is Matt uh, said, "Bo believed no man is more important than the team. Doctor Anderson was part of Bo's team, therefore he was more important than any man. Uh, I'm coming forward for my own healing and to help prevent people and institutions from exploiting the trust and power given to them in the future." At, hopefully we don't see any of this stuff in the future because uh, it, it seems like a lot of this stuff was, you know, the Penn State thing and this Michigan thing were things that happened that, you know, it's it's not like Schimbeckler had like a ton of power right when he got there, but it, it's stuff no. that, you know, was old school, like people just didn't want to talk about it. Well, and not just people didn't want to talk about it. I, I don't, not that people don't do those things now, but I, I don't think that just way of life isn't the way it is now you don't tell somebody to to just suck it up like no no coach would do that today not even the staunchest asshole would do that today you know yes yes i mean you're 100 percent right these are just not no that the way bo handled it back then is 100 percent wrong it's also the way probably 40 percent of the men in the world probably would have handled it yeah back then for sure and, and so and so that's not giving them a pass by any stretch of the imagination, but trying to equate that to today, it, you're just not going to see that. Okay, you're going to see different kinds of abuse today. You're going to see coaches overworking and browbeating kids more than sexually assaulting them, because any any instance of sexual assault, I think these kids, which is a good thing by the way, I think these kids understand they have power and a voice now like we just saw you know coaches get caught on the carpet two coaches one of them nat perennial playoff contender Dabo sweeney get caught on the carpet by his team for wearing a t-shirt they didn't like all right like i can't imagine someone getting away with sexually assaulting multiple players over a, an extended period of time and nobody coming forward in today's world yeah I agree with you. I agree. Um, we will move off of that, and we'll stay on another touchy subject, and that would be Baylor uh, was found not responsible for alleged sexual assault by ex-football players. Uh, the story from Paula Levine was from June 9th, uh, so that was on Wednesday. It says a jury in Houston took just a few hours on Wednesday to find Baylor University and three former football players not responsible for the alleged sexual assault of a former female student-athlete in 2017. That is when Matt Rule got there. Um, the trial, which started May 20th, was in some ways a test of whether Baylor had changed its ways since a pattern of mishandled sexual assaults, notably those involving football players, which led to the firing of head coach Art Bryles, the eventual departures of President Ken Starr and athletic director Ian McCall in 2016. Uh, the former equestrian athlete who filed the lawsuit in March 2019 reported having been assaulted at her residence hall room in November 2017, more than a year after the school had pledged to revamp how it works to prevent 
and respond to reports of sexual assault. Uh, ESPN is not naming her because she went by a pseudonym in the lawsuit. So, uh, it said that the lawsuit uh, was filed in district court in Harris County. It claimed that the University Park's residence hall that housed athletes, including football players, was a, quote, hot spot for sexual assault. It alleged Baylor was negligent and guilty of fraud because it put students, specifically the young women, at risk by housing them there and not warning them of the potential for being assaulted. Um, I, I didn't know that you needed to advertise that, hey, if you stay here, you could be assaulted. Like, I figure all women should kind of have their ears up anyway. Um, I, I don't... That's a strange, that's a strange warning label. Yeah. That's, I don't a, know that's that a really strange warning label, like requiring a place to have. Like, do, do every workplace in the world has to have a sign that says, if you work here, you could be assaulted because you could be assaulted anyway. Every school in the country, because I'm pretty sure my wife's middle school, uh, elementary school doesn't have that. I'm pretty sure no high school in the world that I've ever been in has that. Exactly. Exactly. Or any other college. I can't imagine that that's a warning. Like teaching women as incoming freshmen under uh, some type of orientation to be cautious check your drinks all the time never leave one alone like all the things that they should do to protect themselves and then also trying their best to teach men boys to to not be assholes and don't assault people but i you know outside of outside of that you know this is not a you know i've been smoking for 20 years and i didn't know it was bad for me thing yeah yeah, this is not like you didn't put a warning like, label up that I might be raped if I stayed in this dorm. Yeah, like, I mean, you might be raped anywhere in the world, but you shouldn't. You should always keep your head on a swivel. You should always try to protect yourself. And people who are rapists should stop being rapists. I mean, that's the biggest thing of this. Oh, yes. But I don't know how you're supposed to warn against everything. Warning labels aren't going to help anything. Um, Baylor's Title IX investigators had previously found three football players, John Arthur, Trevon Lewis, and Justin Harris, responsible for violating the school's sexual misconduct policies, and they were all expelled. Uh, Arthur and Lewis were accused of having sexually assaulted the woman. Harris was accused of videotaping and sharing videos of the woman on social media without her consent. Uh, the results of an investigation by pol uh, Baylor police were sent to a McLennan County grand jury, which also had a copy of the school's Title IX report. In June 2018, jurors declined to criminally indict Arthur and Lewis. Now, it doesn't go into exactly what happened and whatnot. Uh, Baylor attorney Thomas Brown said in closing arguments Wednesday that what happened to the woman was unfortunate and a regrettable sexual encounter, but it was not rape. He pointed to messages the woman exchanged with a friend after the alleged assault in which she wrote, I can't believe I let this happen. Um, it, it was just a, a lot going on here, but, um, you know, I, I don't... It, it's this is a touchy one, right? Because it's hard. It's it's, yeah. it's it's all of this is ugly, by the way. Yes, you none feel of this terrible. is nice. None of this is yes. Yeah, feel terrible for everybody involved for for the woman, for the school, for uh, the players, all that. But it it looks like Baylor did what they were supposed to do this time, and I think that that's at least a step in the right direction. You know, it it sucks that it happened, you know, a year after all of that stuff broke. That's right, but. But they actually did what they were supposed to do. They did their Title IX investigation. They expelled the kids. Like, they, they dug into it, expelled the kids. Um, they, they handled it the way that they were supposed to handle it. 
It's never a good situation, but they did what they were supposed to do, you know? And I, I think that that's good. I think that Baylor is, is moving in the right direction, and, you know, maybe finally we can stop looking at this uh, this campus, this university, as such a, a dregs on society, right? Like the football program, because everybody still makes the jokes. It's been years, but everybody still makes those jokes. And, you know, I mean, obviously everybody by this point should know uh, how we feel about what was done to Art Bryles and that bunch. Uh, and there were bad guys, but I, I don't think Bryles was one of them. So that's... Uh, yeah, I don't either. But, uh, hey, you, you got more uh, You got more on that one? Nope. Nope. All right. Let's talk some NFL. I mean, it's just an ugly thing. Oh, it, it most certainly is. The NFL talk. I'm not bringing up anything that's going on on the field. We can talk about uh, Kyle Long coming back and being injured. We can talk about the fact that uh, there is a competition between Cam and Mac Jones. We can. T- I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Julio moving over to Tennessee. Looks like uh, things are going well there so far in early workouts. Uh, the thing that I wanted to bring up, though, is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has signed with Jordan Brand, and I'm kind of stoked about this. Like I'm, I'm excited about it. He's okay. uh, so I, I think that this is good for. I mean, obviously for him, it is uh, a five year deal with Jordan Brand. He moves over from Adidas. He he told him, all right, I'm I'm out. Uh, deuces. I'm headed over to Jordan Brand. He is the only quarterback, and he will be the highest paid NFL player for Jordan Brand. Um, well, hang on. You know why he signed with Adidas, right? Why is that? Well, Mississippi State's an Adidas school. Uh, that makes sense. That ten- that makes sense. Now, we, we think that shit only happens in basketball because of tennis shoes. Nope. Nope. It's a full-on... Any, yeah. Anybody who thinks that Adidas... That, that deal wasn't done while he was in college is a fool. Yeah. No, no. You're 100% right about that. But I don't... And listen, right. I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. I have, I have a problem with the NCAA telling people they can't do that. So... So this is uh this is kind of a big deal. Um, you think this is a big deal? I think it's a like, big deal. Uh, so it's it, it was negotiated by Prescott's marketing agent Peter Miller. The deal not only enables Jordan to showcase its footwear on the Pro Bowl signal caller, but also uses the Cowboys standout in future marketing efforts. Already this offseason, the Athletic noted Prescott has been spotted wearing all black Jordan cleats during OTAs and minicamp. Uh, I do think it's a pretty big deal. Uh, the the players are certainly all over this. They. They noticed, like as soon as it happened, they all started thinking, "Oh, he got that Jordan money," and he. It, it, so for him, he's uh, he's always kind of been a Jordan guy anyway. Uh, now he gets access to everything that Jordan puts out, like a month ahead of time. Like I, I think it's I think it's kind of cool. Like this uh, is a, a different kind of thing. I th- I think that's okay. All right, <laughs> like who these guys sign with and who these guys advertise with, I, I doesn't move the needle at all for me. At all, if it's a brand I like, oh, okay, all right. It, it, like it literally does not move the needle at all for me. I don't That's know it. how I can care. I like I like Jordan. I thought you know, like every kid that grew up in the '90s and like basketball worship Jordan. But at the same time, like I don't. I don't, and I know that people who collect his shoes and stuff, that's a big deal. Do you think those people care about Dak Prescott? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not, but maybe they will. I mean, if he comes out and really lights it up, if it becomes a – yeah, of course, now that I'm thinking about it, like I don't even know who Mahomes is signed with. I have no idea. That's the thing. You don't so know who any matter. of these guys are signed with because it doesn't matter. <laughs> Adidas has got, uh, what, uh, Aaron Rodgers? In, in, I, in no, Gary, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, and I don't care. It doesn't matter. 
Well, let's. Like, I don't. I don't know how this is news. Well, let's let's dive off of it then, All and right. I we'll we'll bring up a Rod because we hadn't talked about him in like a a month or so. Yeah, I'm I'm curious your thoughts here on a Rod. the uh, The latest story is retirement would give Aaron Rodgers greater flexibility and a lower financial penalty than holding out. Um, so the story, of course, Mike Florio put this out. I think on Tuesday or Wednesday, one or the other. Uh, the 2020 CBA imposes a daily fine of $50,000 for missing training camp. Now, yep. Green Bay could have a situation where they just decide, hey, you know, we're not going to fine him. Because they, they do have, well, as of right now, the OTAs. Some, now, hang on. So there are some things they can waive the fines for. But once you get past those things, no. You, that, because that was, that was a part of the NFL got sick of players building in their fines into the uh, contracts and stuff like that once they finally make a deal and and uh, the the players union and so no if if you if you're once you're past something they can't forgive the fines and you have to pay the fines uh it says if roger skips all of training camp that is two million dollars that disappears the packers cannot look the other way on that uh, so it said it would make more sense. Well, the problem with him retiring is they can't trade. I don't think they can trade. Oh, yeah, I guess they could trade him. He'd have to yeah. come back, and then they trade him, just like Gronk. So it says uh, it would make more sense for him to simply retire on the eve of camp than fail to report if Correct. he's planning to stay away for all of camp and beyond. Hold out or retire for all of 2021, he loses his $14.7 million salary. Hold out or retire for all of 2021, he loses his $6.8 million roster bonus. Hold out or retire for all of 2021, the Packers would be able to pursue $11.5 million in unearned signing bonus money. Retirement, however, would avoid the fines for missing camp. Um, I, I don't know how, I don't know what they do in this situation right now I, because it doesn't feel like it's a money thing anymore. No, no, like it's, it's not a money thing anymore. I'm, I'm going to tell you this if I was the Packers. What, what, here's what I figured out. I don't like this, by the way. I don't I don't like it at all that I guess I say I don't like it. I don't know. I I I'm back and forth on it all the time. I think these guys sign deals, okay? And at some point in time you if you just started not liking this guy, I don't know what to tell you. But you didn't like him when you signed that massive extension that made you the highest paid quarterback in football. And you still take up the biggest percentage of the salary cap out of any player. I don't know, you know, if you didn't like him then, what made you think you were going to start liking him later? Why didn't you just become a free agent? I mean, that's a great question. Like, you like, could have not signed the deal. They could have franchised you one year. Worst case scenario, they franchise you a second year. Well, you would have, you just played two years on that deal. Yeah. So now you're a free agent that nobody in the world's ever going to franchise somebody three times. They're just not going to do it. It's, so and it's, it's a bit and of a they would thing, probably right? trade you then because they they know you're leaving. Yes. I mean, that, you know, they probably wouldn't have signed you to the second free agency deal. They would have probably just traded you then. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, it's, I don't it's understand. Not, it's not an extension. If he just doesn't want to be there. That's right. Um, there's nothing that he can do about that, and it's kind of it was the same thing with Deshaun Watson. It's 
It, you know, we we laughed about the Scottie Pippen thing because none of us felt bad for Scottie Pippen. He signed a seven-year deal. I've got a lot of – hang on now. I've got a lot of friends. I know a ton of people that feel bad for Scottie Pippen, and they all blamed the owners, and they all blamed the GM. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. He wanted long-term security. You don't get long-term security, and then you overplay your contract, and they get to demand more money. That's not how this works. Do you want to play for the contract, do short-term deals, and then when you overplay it, now you can bend this over barrel and ask for a fortune? Sure, you have the right to do that. But you made your decision. You don't get to have your cake and eat it, too. Yes, you can worry about being injured. You can worry about all those different things, or you can just bet on yourself and yes, go out and do but it. But you can't you can't work you can't ask for the security of the long-term deal and then complain that you're underpaid. You know by year 4 or 5 you're going to be underpaid. You know that. Yes. Yes. Pending you don't get hurt. Yes, I agree. I mean it's insane. It is absolutely insane to think about. Um I, I don't know I don't know where I fall on this. Like I I I know I know where I fall as far as he just needs to play out the deal. If they don't want to trade him, then they don't want to trade him. Obviously, it, it sucks to have I do. I do think team. it's in the best interest of the teams to trade these guys, which sucks because now you're just giving in to the, to the you know, you're, you're, you're negotiating with terrorists. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, we, we all agreed to this deal, and then now you're backing out, and I don't have an option to back out. As the team owner, I, there is no option for me to back out of the deal if you underplay the deal or you get hurt. Yeah, I mean, you got to if if the player ends up sucking, like there's nothing you can do about that. You still got to pay for what you signed for. Or like, if, they if, hurt, if they get man, hurt, man, NFL deals aren't, you know. Yeah, if they get hurt, you still got to pay. Like there's a lot of ways You got to pay. Now, and the NFL's different because they, you know, most of these deals aren't guaranteed, but uh, they're getting to become far more guaranteed than not. So I don't I I should know this, but somebody just signed like a pretty big deal and it was like 86 million dollars and like 84 million dollars is guaranteed yeah. like it's it's not a fully guaranteed contract and that's just the owner being a dick because they don't want to set a precedent for you know guaranteeing the whole thing but when you're guaranteeing all but like two million of almost a hundred million dollar contract it's a fully guaranteed deal there's there are some people that can demand it and we'll get it right and we'll like, get it Agents. And Aaron Rodgers can get it. He yes. could have gotten it. Yes, absolutely. He could have played for two or three years. He could have signed. He could have signed a short-term deal with writing that they cannot franchise tag him because that's what Tom Brady did in New England, and uh, that would have been over by now. Andrew Brandt was on somebody's show the other day. He, uh, but I'm never former, going to listen. We all we all claim Aaron Rodgers is smart. No, nobody's ever going to confuse him being smarter than Tom. Okay. Look at how one guy has l- led his life and career, and look how the other guys led his life and career. Okay. Oh, Tom Brady signed a two year deal. Two year deal, $30 million guaranteed per year. Yeah. And with, with language that yes. you cannot franchise tag me. Yes. There are ways to get it done. There's ways to do that. Very simple. Andrew Brandt came out and said basically the Packers' plan was. Uh, at the end of the 2021 season was when they were planning on trading him or getting rid of Aaron Rodgers, moving on to Jordan Love. That was their plan. Obviously, I don't think that they fully expected Aaron Rodgers to come out and play like an MVP last year. So that's kind of what is what has messed this up. And, you know, I mean, I can I understand it from Aaron's side where 
you're going to work every day and you are having to sit in a room with the guy that is going to replace you. But every job in the world has something like that. Like if I were to go in and and train the IT guy that's going to be taking over my spot, like, yeah, it, it might be kind of weird, but obviously I would be moving on to something different. In the NFL, it's it's typically moving on to something that, you know, retirement or whatever else. Not as good of a situation. I mean, hell, Aaron Rodgers played there for 16 years. He's He's been around. I'm uh, I'm curious to see what's going to end up happening. I think that we will find out more once we get into, into camp. Obviously, if he decides to just hold out for camp, if he just says, you know what, I've made plenty of money, I'll give up $2 million. That ain't that big of a deal to me. Then, uh, then cheers to him. But uh, it's still a, a strange, strange situation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's close out today's show. And we'll talk a little UFC 263. We're not going to get knee-deep in the woods in this thing. But um, but we will go ahead and, you know, kind of give out some picks. We'll talk about the odds a little bit because there are four kind of monster fights on this card. And I'm pretty stoked about it. Uh, UFC 263 is on Saturday night. And it is in Glendale, Arizona. Which is kind of ironic because the last time that Izzy Adesanya and Marvin Vittori fought against each other was actually in Glendale, Arizona. So, same spot, same stomping grounds. They don't do a lot of stuff in Arizona, but Arizona is wide open, and they are going to have a full-ass crowd for this one, and I'm stoked for it. We'll start off with the Damian Maya and Bilal Muhammad fight. Muhammad is a minus 235 money line uh, odds winner here, favorite. Uh, Damian Maya, of course, legend. This is going to be a massive fight. A lot of people are not going to know the names here, but this is a, a pretty big fight, man. Uh, Muhammad is, he's on a roll right now. Um, Damian Maya's been around forever, and, and he just moves to different weight classes and just kind of does his thing. Um, I'm stoked about it. So, at Muhammad at minus 235, Damian Maya at plus 195. Damian Maya is awesome, man. Uh, I think... I think I'm going to take a shot with, with Maya. You you always like the underdogs in this thing, don't you? I like the underdog, especially if they're a striker. Yeah, and and Maya is not only a striker, but also just an incredibly talented fighter. So I think that would be... I think, I think I'm going to take my shot with Maya. If I can get almost plus 200 right now, uh, the over-under on the rounds, by the way, is, uh, is over 2.5, under 2.5. It's uh, minus 170 to go the distance. So this isn't a title fight. It's only going to be three rounds, so... Kind of, kind of stoked about it. The next one here, Nate Diaz, 
against Leon Edwards, Diaz is plus 325. I could not believe. Now, of course, I think that as Saturday comes around, we're going to get even more people on Nate Diaz, but he hadn't fought since 20, what, 19, I guess it was? I was about to say it's been like two years, yeah. It's been a while, um, but everybody loves Nate Diaz. I think if you're going to get him, right now is the best spot because I think you get him at plus 350 at a couple of spots, plus 325. Uh, Leon Edwards is minus 475. I do think Edwards is the better fighter. I mean, he is, he's been rolling people forever. Uh, you get to see... You know, a guy from Birmingham, England against Nate Diaz out in uh, Stockton, California. I I mean, this thing is expected to go the distance. Over four and a half rounds is minus 105. But this is a five-round non-title fight. And I think that the winner of this is going to get a chance uh, at, the, at the title next. I'm taking my shot with Nate Diaz, man. Plus 325. Like, I, I know he got handled by, by Jorge Masvidal in his last time out. But... This ain't Masvidal. And no, this Edwards is not Masvidal, and Diaz is like he's always dangerous, man. If I can get plus three twenty five on this, I think the value lies there. That's the smart yeah. way to go about it, right? No, I'm with you. I, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to take plus three twenty five anytime I can get it in a fight with a caliber of a guy named Diaz. Now, if Diaz gets knocked out in this fight, if Diaz doesn't win this fight, there's a world in which he just might be done. But this this ain't Masvidal. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I agree. I man, I am so stoked to watch Nate Diaz fight again. Like it I has know. been it's so been a long time. So I am I am pumped about that. Uh uh, let's see, Figueredo and Brandon Marino. Now this one is the the co headliner, the co main event. A lot of people do not know these guys. Uh Figueredo, I'm not saying that right. I know I'm not. Um, but he is ridiculous, man. Like it, this guy, I've, I've watched him fight twice before. Um, I saw, let's see, let me pull up, because I know that I've, I've watched him twice on early cards. Um, all right, so I, I saw him take down Alex Perez, UFC 255. That was back in November. And uh, let's see, I saw one of the Joseph Benavidez fights, and he knocked him out on that one. Um, I am, I'm pumped about this, man. Like, it, I, this is a, a short fight, a small fight. Um, God, I cannot remember what uh, what belt this guy has. Uh, let's see. Flyweight division. It's the small guys. This is going to be exciting. If people don't know who these guys are, this is going to be exciting. So, I am... At minus 220, I'm not going to make the bet, but I'm not betting on Brandon Marino. Like, I ain't doing no. that. Not no, I'm not even. This, this is one I'm just going to stay away from, and I'm going to watch. Yeah. Now, you and I have, uh, have watched this guy before. Um... And, I mean, he's exciting, man. He's Like, these little dudes, I mean, they just run around that octagon. They are crazy fast. So, I'm, I'm pumped to see this. And then, finally, Marvin Vittori and Israel Adesanya. Uh, Vittori, you heard Bill Simmons talking to Dana White about this, and, and Dana is the one that brought up Vittori as, like, the, the next up-and-comer. What was it, like, the Italian Dream is his name? Yeah, they he, they, they they made fun of him because they said he got to get a better nickname than that. But, no, this so White said if you have to pick like if you have to guess who the next big star is going to be in UFC, who, who is it? And this is who Dana White picked. Now they, this is the second fight between these two. The odds right now are Vittori plus two ten, Adesanya yep. minus two seventy. The uh, for me the value is on Vittori 
right now. Well, yeah, I know. Well, you know what I'm doing. You know no, what I'm of doing. Course. I don't even care. Of even course. if, I'll tell you this, if the odds were flipped, I'm betting on my guy. Ben oh my I mean, God. It, it makes sense. Um, Vittori, like, there's, if you go back and watch that first fight that they had, him and Stylebender, like, Vittori, I, you could reasonably say that the decision was wrong and that Vittori should have won the fight. Like, I, I thought it was a great fight the first go round. Uh, this time, you know, Stylebender is coming off of the first loss of his MMA career, but he moved up a weight class and fought a dude that was just uh, way way bigger than him what was the guy's name Jan uh, Blankovic I think I, that don't, was I don't remember that that, um, uh, that I missed I mean he he got he got handled pretty easily in that now it went to decision but uh Jan like took him down man I mean it was it was never even a close fight because you could tell the weight difference like there's just a, it, it's a whole when you got two guys that are similarly talented and one of them it generally outweighs the other one by like 20, 30 pounds most of the time. Like, Adesanya had to fight to get up to a certain level, and that guy had to fight to come down to that level. By the time you get in the ring, I mean, there's a 20, 30-pound weight difference there. And he just handled Adesanya. So it's not going to be the same thing here because Adesanya is back where he's comfortable. But at minus 270, man, I, I just think Vittori is... He's capable of getting this win... And I think he could do it. Like, I, I absolutely think he can do it. I I think he's going to do it. I'm going to take the shot. I'm going to go ahead and go with the plus 210. Yeah. No, I am too. I am I'm absolutely going to be betting the the plus 210. Let me uh let me look at these props right quick. Uh, Vittori by knockout, TKO, or disqualification is plus 900. Um, Vittori by decision or technical decision is plus 350. You, I mean, you might sprinkle a little bit on both of those. And just whichever one hits is gonna is gonna be worth it. Um, yeah, I'm. That's probably gonna be the best bet. the uh, The one that the plus one forty five here is Adesanya by decision or technical decision. Uh, Adesanya by submission is plus sixteen hundred. Adesanya by KO is plus one eighty. Uh, I I would take Vittori plus nine hundred by KO. And and kind of sprinkle a little bit on Vittori by decision at plus three fifty just to to make up the difference. So I think I think that's a smart way to go about it. Cause I man, I'm so pumped about this weekend. <laughs> like these are gonna be fantastic fights. Yeah. This is the best this, card. I would say this is gonna be a great weekend of fights. Yes. And then next month, hey, next month we got Connor coming back. I don't know. So I'm I'm fairly stoked about all of it. This is this is gonna be a lot of fun. Oh man, I'm so stoked. So stoked. Right. So that was our uh nine minutes of UFC preview. I'm game with that. Chris, is there anything else that we need to, to touch on? Not that I can think of, man. That's, I'm looking to see if there's anything that's, like, breaking that, that maybe we haven't hit on, but we should. Uh, but if we haven't, you know, hell, that's what the uh, the Monday podcast is about. So we can certainly discuss that. With that said, let's go ahead and dive out of here. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure that you are subscribed on the podcast. If you're listening on the podcast for the first time, if you are typically a YouTube guy, we appreciate you for doing so. Make sure that you are subscribed. Share the show out. Tell a friend about it. Leave a nice five-star review over on Apple. Uh, follow or whatever it's called over on Spotify. That certainly helps out the numbers as well. All of this stuff works. It helps out. So help us grow these numbers on the podcast. We would certainly appreciate it. If you have not already, go and watch the Wednesday college football show for sportsbookreview.com. You can find it at sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF or... Uh, just go over to YouTube. Search out SBR Picks. It'll be right there. 
So it's the college football show. I think uh, this week we got a picture of David Shaw because he was pissed off about TV times or whatever. So go ahead and uh, and watch that for us. <laughs> and uh, oh, and we talk about the uh, the top five modern coaching hires uh, over the past you know since the BCS started. So we had a lot of fun with that one. Make sure to watch that. And again, share the show out. Tell your friends. And Chris, is that? I, I think that's it. I think that's, I think that's it, it, brother. All. I got it all right. My goodness. Yeah. We got I'm, it. I'm, you got I'm, it. I'm still getting back into the into the groove on this. So I, one thing I do remember, though, is this. Uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, all of your tickets cash this weekend. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.